Oh, Stu, mm. what an exciting show today. Filled with exciting things for our children. Yes, uh, absolutely Were you paying true. attention to the show at no, all? No, I'm trying to uh, <laughs> see what part of today's presentation could actually be spoken in in, in a podcast. Yeah, okay. Preview. So the first hour, a lot of yeah, a lot of it you needed a decoder ring because I couldn't use any of the language that's being used in our schools. Yeah, you can use them to eight year olds. You cannot yeah. use them on radio to adults. Yeah, uh, that, that's how bad it is. Uh, but also, we had Glenn Greenwald on today, who I thought was fascinating about. Mm-hmm. Are we winning? Or losing here what's what's really happening with the media and and elon musk are people waking up or not yeah uh, we have a mom who decided to go to a school board meeting got uh, attacked basically uh, by uh, the school board excuse and was, me ma'am this is our meeting yeah. not yours mm-hmm. and now she's running uh-huh. so it will be her meeting even more so <laughs> yes, in the future will. if she wins and a hero a guy who wrote a letter he's he runs the uh, state board Board of Education in Oklahoma, he wrote one of the most <laughs> scathing letters to an independent school district. Oh, I want it framed for my office. It's that good. It is really, really good. Uh, you can, uh, by the way, subscribe and you can see the material and all the background stuff in case you don't believe some of the stuff we'll talk about on radio today. Uh, you did a show, a special last night on Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks. You can watch it there and see all the stuff. It's appropriately blurred, but you'll get the sense and it's it's jaw dropping. It, it is. And so important. If you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer every day from pain, I want you to listen up. There is hope and it comes in the form of Relief Factor. Every day on the show, I see testimonials of people who have tried Relief Factor for their pain and gotten their life back. I know firsthand because I didn't think it was going to work. I mean, it was boobs like Stu that were on the radio, you know, boobs like me going, it's Relief Factor. Come on. I didn't I didn't try because I just didn't think it would work. I thought it was like, oh, we're going to give you ibuprofen 800. Mm -mm. It's not. It attacks four different directions, where ibuprofen is only one way to attack inflammation, which is the major cause of our pain. This hits it all around. Not a drug developed by doctors, and you can get the three-week quick start try for only $19.95. So try it. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Drug-free, natural way to get your life back. It's relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Parents, listen up. We're in a new world. And you're going to listen to this and you're like, somebody's got to do something. And you'll listen to this and you won't think it affects your children, but it does. We have been pushing back on critical race theory for a couple of years now. And I want to give a, a shout out to people like um, Chris Roof, uh, Chris Rufo or Osra Nomani. She has been on the show. Um, also, uh, different people that I think are quite remarkable as well. Um, Kelly Sky is one uh, that really has been doing a lot of work on this. And I appreciate all the work. It is people like this that help. The rest of us understand we are now pushing back on something called comprehensive sexuality education, but I don't think parents really understand how deep this is. 
I did a show on CSE about a year ago and had no idea how deep this well went until we really started doing research on it. Governor Ron DeSantis uh, brought this to the forefront by signing the Parental Rights and Education Bill. This banned sexual orientation and gender identity curriculum in kindergarten through the third grade. This freaked the left out. They're still freaked out. Jen, uh, Jen Saki was crying about it the other day, saying what a horrible, horrible thing this really is. We'll get to that audio here. Uh, Disney repeated the lie that it's the don't say gay bill. It has nothing to do with that. I'm going to show you what it does have to do with. Last night, I showed the textbook and I, I read things verbatim that made me so uncomfortable. I had to blur the screen legally. Our attorneys advised us, if you show these things on the screen, you could be in trouble for uh, exposing child porn. But these are textbooks, I said. Yes, but the law is clear. So I couldn't do it. I couldn't show it. But the teachers can show it in second grade. The pictures that we blurred out, first one was a naked boy looking into a mirror and his genitals are exposed. We blurred the image. And you know what? If it was if this is what Christians and common sense people were saying, this is outrageous. Okay, I I didn't like the image. I mean, we used to be very, you know, uh, scientific about it, very sterile when we would uh, teach these things. I think that's a better way. The young girl is bent over looking at herself again. It was blurred last night, but fully visible to children in schools. Okay, if that were it, I would be okay. I can see both sides here, but that's not. That's not. This is K through 12. <clears throat> Merely showing kids with their genitals exposed is not the point and certainly not enough. They also have to show actual actual sexual acts that would make porn stars blush. Last night, I showed a blurred image uh, and a quote from one of these textbooks. I'm not going to use all of the language. In fact, let me ask my radio executive producer, Stu, can I use this word on radio? I mean, I, I, let's skip yeah. it where there's no reason uh, to. You can't really understand it. Uh, I got a new blank harness today. Actually, blank, blank harness today. I can't wait to put it on you. It will fit my favorite blank perfectly you're gonna look so hot if you watched the special last night you know what all of that is and it is disgusting it goes on uh there is a um two boys talking to each other and one says to the other i can't wait to have your in my mouth not the technical term I am going to give you the of your life, and then I want you inside me. K through 
12. The textbook goes on with an image of children performing some of the sex acts they were just talking about. This is what the left wants to show K through third graders. This is what Disney is advocating to protect. I showed at the top of the show last night a gender questionnaire. It was produced by the new Hanover Title IX coordinator. He claimed he got it from a university and adapted it for K through 12 students. So this is meant for college students and they're introducing it to kindergartners. Another form from the school district in North Carolina. It specifically states that there should be measures taken to conceal information from parents while the school continues gender identity treatment. Is this happening to your child right now? There's actually no way of knowing because the schools are being told to keep it from you. Now, what is a groomer? I would think that we would all agree that a groomer is somebody I know if I, you know, if we happen to have a creepy uncle and he was taking my kids aside and he was talking about these very things and then said, let's keep this from your parents. Don't tell anybody in your family. I, you'd have a hard time me not killing that family member, quite honestly. I'd chase him out of the house with a shotgun, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you claim, rightfully so, that he was grooming your children? I would. This is just doing it with your tax dollars. Now, consider all of this and then keep in mind the views of our new Supreme Court justice uh, in, you know, giving light sentences to sex offenders. But surely that's not the view of the mainstream Democratic Party, right? Well, really? Here's Dick Durbin making the case that somehow the abundance of child porn on the Internet makes everything okay. These guidelines that you promulgated don't reflect the reality of today. We know as well that uh, the guidelines were written, some were written, in an era when the materials we're talking about were physical materials, and we now live in a world of internet and access to not just tens and hundreds, but thousands of images, if that is your decision. If that is your decision, if that is your decision, who is protecting our children? The answer is no one. And you know what? We have given this job up. We have got to be the ones protecting our children. And our children will protect their schools and their teachers because they don't want you. I know mine don't. Do not want me going in through the halls and talking to the teachers and everybody else and going, wait, what the hell are you teaching? Because then they feel they'll be singled out. And they will be. They also, because they've watched enough, enough Disney and everything else, they also think this is normal. What do you call groomers? What is a groomer? 
Well, how about this? This is um, this is one of the people from the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir. Is this grooming? Quote, we'll convert your children. It'll happen bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you'll barely notice it. We can keep you can keep them from disco. You can warn them about San Francisco. You can make them wear their pleated pants. We don't care. We'll convert your children. Yeah, that sounds like grooming. Uh, How about this from the most popular kids network in the world? Nickelodeon. In honor of International Transgender Day of Visibility, meet Time and Nickelodeon's 2021 Kid of the Year finalist, Rebecca Brusehoff. Growing up in the LGBTQ plus community has given me a different perspective on how I see the world. Trans kids are so much more than their gender identity. And Stop. It's- this is crazy. This is like maybe a nine-year-old, ten-year-old that is talking about trans kids and saying that they're so much more than their gender identity. Yes, that is our point. Everybody is much more than their sexuality and their gender identity. Here's a gay porn star that bragged about talking to his preschoolers, preschoolers, about sex. There's Tell me of gender. Go ahead. This is a fifth grade teacher openly disclosing proudly her lesson plan for teaching gender and sexuality. Then we have gender expression, which is how you show your gender to the world. It's usually based in a sort of binary system, which isn't perfect. Again, you can slide these up and down to show the different gender okay, ways stop. You, you know what's great about this is it has a giant stuffed unicorn off to the side. So the kids, I mean, the, when you have to have a stuffed unicorn standing next to these charts, you're aiming pretty low. Now the Biden administration is pushing puberty blockers for trans kids and radical trans agenda being openly bragged about and taught to five years old, five year olds. Does anybody have any idea the damage that is being done? Do you know the experiments that are being conducted on your children? And quite honestly, I don't think they're experiments. I remember the day my probably eight-year-old son, seven-year-old son, ran into porn on the internet. He came in crying. He was devastated by it. Devastated. He ran into something horrible. He didn't know how to, what to do with it. He didn't, he didn't have his arms around that at all. They're now teaching that it is okay. And you don't, I want to show you the slippery slope. Remember when we said pedophilia, the next thing, we'll just start normalizing pedophilia. Oh, that's crazy. Let me give you something else. Try this. This is from three years ago. This is Dennis Prager and Bill Maher three years ago. These are giant left-wing lies. We're talking about degrees. To say that men can menstruate is a lie. And that is now, that is what is said. Wait, 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 where did that come from? I never heard it. You never heard it. Right, okay. Check it out, folks. Check it out. Anyone who says a man cannot menstruate is considered transphobic. I I missed this whole story. Are you kidding? I did. Are you kidding? Tell me where where you're getting this. Just Google it. Can men menstruate? Who, Who is saying this? Who is saying this? 
Everyone is saying this now, Bill. That was three years ago. The entire audience laughed at him, laughed at Dennis Prager for saying it's crazy what's coming, what's going on, that men can menstruate. And they all laugh. Those same people that laughed three years ago are now the ones enforcing it and saying that you are a hateful bigot if you say no, men cannot menstruate. This is how fast it's happening. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I know what you're thinking. Glenn, you seem more confident today. Yes, well, my friends, that started last night. I applied my new secret weapon for confidence. I call it sweat block. Guess what it does? The sweat block wipes are applied at night and protect you from embarrassing or uncomfortable sweat for days. Here's the best part. It really works. Sweat block was developed by a Harvard doctor who was tired of, you know, getting up front of people with, you know, sweat tacos under his arms. His problem is now our solution. If you're like me and you might not suffer from excessive sweating, but when the lights are on and I'm on stage, the underarm faucets kind of turn on once in a while. It's a lifesaver for your pitch giving, hard work working, date-going, average people, a godsend for you Jeffy-like sweaty beast. I mean, I don't know how you... Anyway, if you have an awkward teenager, do them a favor. Arm them with sweat block. Also, try the deodorant stick. Best I've ever tried. Get it all today. 20% off. Sweatblock.com. Promo code Beck. Or at Amazon. We want to uh, welcome to the um, to the program Stephanie Allod, uh, she is running for the uh, Texas school board uh, position, uh, and that voting uh, begins uh, begins I think Monday the twenty fifth, which is next Monday, right? Stephanie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Glenn. I, I wanted to put you on because I wanted to um, use you as an example of somebody who is just a normal person, uh, just a parent that started seeing problems and you're getting involved. So tell us your story, Stephanie. Sure. So I actually moved to Texas about nine years ago. I live in Frisco. So it's the Frisco Independent School District. And my husband and I moved here nine years ago. I was born and raised in California, lived there my entire life. and, And we moved here due to my job promotion. And when we were trying to select, you know, community to join and be a part of, we had to we have two kids who are still in Frisco schools. They were much younger then. Everywhere we went, we heard Frisco ISD was the best school system in North Texas or one of the best, right? So we, husband and I, we wanted to do the best for our kids, of course. And so we said, I guess we're moving to Frisco. And so we did. And the first few years, it was really amazing. And, and we couldn't believe our luck. And then we started to notice some things and we didn't really know, you know, maybe that's just how things are, you know, as our kids got older, Um, And then we started to notice some more things. And then I think like a lot of parents in COVID, during COVID, we really started to notice some things about how how things were run, what was going on, what what they were teaching, what they weren't teaching. And so I decided to show up to a board meeting last April, actually. Um, And as I was sitting in the audience waiting, you know, very politely for my turn to speak, 
the school board president at the time said, this is our meeting. And he said it kind of rude. And he said it a couple of times. And I thought, wait a minute, isn't this supposed to be the community's meeting? Isn't it our meeting? I was really kind of flabbergasted, quite honestly, by the comment. So instead of reading my prepared comments that I had brought with me, um, I decided to talk about that. And so I said, you know, you said this was your meeting and I don't, I don't think so. I think it's our meeting. And I think the people who've been sitting here for that point, almost three hours deserved a little more respect than that when they were spending their time trying to be involved in their community. So that's what kind of started this for me. And then I started, you know, just, I was also interested. I'd been hearing about the CRT thing in the news. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to make sure we weren't doing that in Frisco. And I was assured, Oh no, we're not, we're not doing that in Frisco. We would never do such a thing. And then I started looking and I, and one day um, I went on the board's website and I read their board priorities and they have one specific priority about equity, diversity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And one of the bullets underneath that said, work to eliminate unconscious bias and support equity and social justice through institutional leadership. And that sounded a lot like CRT to me. Yeah. It's got, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of buzzwords there. (laughs) Yes. In one sentence. Yeah. There's a lot. So you saw that. And when did you decide you have to be involved? Well, I think in that moment, where they said, this is our meeting. I think something inside of me just fundamentally shifted. And I just got, I I was, I couldn't believe that that's how our, you know, so-called elected leaders were treating us. And there was never any apology or clarification either later in that meeting or, you know, afterwards where we said, where someone said, you know, actually it really is all of our meetings. We didn't mean to communicate. Otherwise there was none of that. And I realized that's how they really think like we're subjects or something. And so at that moment, I knew I had to do something. I don't think I knew I was going to run, but I knew I had to do something. Mm. So I started meeting with other parents who were equally concerned. We started to learn about some of these, you know, CRT inspired assignments. Um, At the next board meeting in May, there was a parent who came who read from his son's assignment and the writing prompt for his eighth grade middle schooler was um, basically the, the prompt was, you know, was assumptive that we're a systemically racist society. And so he came because he was very offended and upset by that. And he wanted to bring it to the board's attention. He also filed a formal grievance about the assignment and nothing was done. So it just sort of snowballed from there where parents wanted to do something. And we had dozens and then it turned into hundreds. And then it turned into a Facebook page of over a thousand parents and community members who've kind of had enough and who, who want to do something. And so in the midst of all that is when I decided to run for the board. So Stephanie, have you found uh, SEL social emotional learning in the district? Yes. Well, they, they talk about that all the time and they're implementing it and they're, they're quite proud of their efforts in that regard. And I just learned at the last board meeting that they've, they've approved some kind of program I haven't had a chance to really dig into it yet because I'm in the midst of the campaign, but they basically approved a program that's going to, you know, survey students and and ask how they're feeling and their Mm -hmm. emotions and, you know, things like that. And that is obviously of concern. And I know that parents can opt out and I will be opting, you know, my, my kids out, but people don't know. Go ahead. What people don't know. 
Well, they just don't realize what's really going on, and they don't know that these things are even occurring, let alone, you know, how problematic it can be, because they can ask questions like, you know, do you have a trusted adult you can talk to at home? Right. You know, well, those kinds of questions can be very invasive, and we've seen, you know, I haven't seen a ton of that in Frisco yet. I've seen little bits and pieces, but you see where, you know, the schools sort of come in and start to sort of take over the role as, as the parent. And you see, mm-hmm. we've seen those things. I'm from California, so I hear about this stuff all, all the, time. the time. Yeah. And so, again, I haven't seen a ton of it in Frisco. I've heard little bits and pieces, but I'm just afraid this kid so, could make it work. And I also, you know, my big thing, Glenn, too, is that I really just want the schools to teach my kids math and science and, you know, Spanish and whatever else they're taking and focus on academics. Instead of all of these other character building things, I mean, let's let's be nice to everyone. Let's treat people with respect, right? Everyone should be treated with respect at school, and have some you know behavior standards. We shouldn't bully. We shouldn't do any of those right. things. But we also don't need to be spending time and resources on things other than the academics, because while we're doing that, our academics are falling off a cliff. So here is the here's the interesting thing. I just did a special last night on SEL, and I urge you to watch it. Because this one comes from the CDC and then through the board of, I mean, uh, the um, Department of Education to our schools. And it's the reason why they can say, oh, we're not teaching that sexuality stuff. We're not teaching uh, uh, CRT because it's embedded in everything. And so you'd have math problems that are dealing with, you know, social injustice. Uh, And it's it's everywhere. Uh, S, um, uh, social emotional learning, SEL, is, I think, the key to understanding all of it. Uh, there might be something bigger than this, but this is coming right from the, the uh, CDC. And it, it's our whole government is involved. I mean, I, I just, you've got to get on the, parents like you have got to get on the school board and uh, I don't know, take on the teachers union and the rest of us have got to start standing up uh, and uh, demanding that the Department of Education is abolished because it's it's a poison right now. Well, I think in Texas, the larger issue is really the Texas Association of School Boards. Um, they're actually a bigger concern of mine. And as you may know, there are over 20 states, I think it's up to 22 or 23 states now who yeah. have left the National School Board Association because of, you know, the stance that they took on calling parents like me domestic terrorists, right? Texas is not on that list. Texas has not left the National School Board Association. California has and Texas hasn't. That's embarrassing to me. I, I will tell you, I think it's Californian and current Texan. It really is. Stephanie, Stephanie people like you are more awake than Texans that have grown up here. They're just so numb to it all. They're just like, it ain't going to happen here. And it's happening right under their nose. And they're not getting involved because they've just grown accustomed to being Texas. The people who are coming in for the right reasons, you know, you might move here because your job transferred you, but you also were happy to escape California. And you know what, you know what that looks like. You guys are on the front lines in Texas. It's really vital that people like you that understand the state you came from 
take this one uh, by the reins and say, uh-uh, don't go that way. Because most Texans, I don't think, get it. Well, that's such a good point because um, because I am from California, I see this stuff a mile away. I see the seeds of it and how it starts and how it grows. And, you know, we moved to partially, yes, because of my job promotion, but we had been talking about leaving California for a couple of years prior to that. And when all this stuff came up, you know, like I said, the first few years, we kind of lived in a bubble. We thought we were kind of done with all this. We were in Texas. We were safe. Right. But then we realized we weren't. And so my husband and I looked at each other and we said, I guess we better get involved and fight here because where else are we going to go? So that's what we're doing. Good for you. Um, I'm sure there's no polls or anything, but if somebody wants to uh, find out more about Stephanie, if you happen to live in the Frisco area, it's uh, Stephanie, the number four F I S D dot com. Stephanie, good luck with your uh, campaign and your election. God bless. Yes. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye-bye. The best of the Glenn Beck program. I saw a letter that honestly, I want to frame and hang in my office. I love it so much. It was from the office of the secretary of education uh, to the Oklahoma state board of education. And uh, Ryan Walters is the name of the Oklahoma Secretary of Education. He writes, I am asking the State Board of Education for an emergency special board meeting this week to address the Stillwater Public School Board's complete avoidance of their elected duty to protect, educate and oversee the care of our most important asset, our children. Since the Stillwater Public School Board has neglected to do this, I'm asking the Oklahoma State Board of Education to give crystal clear guidance that boys use the boys' restroom and girls use the girls' restroom. It could, I could not be more disappointed in the Stillwater Public School Board after they had heard from parents, teachers, and leaders across the state and country asking them to stop playing this woke gamesmanship. Our kids need better role models, and it is disappointing that the board members of the Stillwater Public Schools did not pay attention in their biology classes, and they need further instruction on what a male and a female are. Both myself and the Attorney General have tried to offer them a common-sense solution. Have males use the male bathroom. Females use the female restroom. I don't know how much more clarity I can give them. Special accommodations have been made for students struggling with gender dysphoria in the past, allowing them to use private bathrooms that every school has. Instead of using common sense, the Stillwater Public School Board has caved to far-left radicals. Our schools should be focused on educating kids in reading, writing, and and mathematics and not involving themselves in a role that is not within their authority. There are basic values that we as Oklahomans strive to live by. Chief among them is the desire to put our children's safety first. The Stillwater Public Board uh, School Board has failed to put their children first, and I need you to guide them back to reality. Perhaps you can succeed in giving Stillwater Public School Board the clarity they so desperately need. Again, what I'm asking you for is to instruct the Stillwater Public School Board on what a male and female are. 
That's fantastic. The author is Ryan Walters. He is the Oklahoma Secretary of Education. Ryan. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on today, Glenn. You, you This is epic. I love this. Um, I'm sensing there was a little... You were a little peeved when you wrote this. Uh, I, I was, and I still am. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I have sent them... I sent them a letter a few weeks ago. I thought they could solve this. I told them not to put radicals over their students, not to put ideology over biology, and not to put wokeness over safety. We've had school, we've had parents, grandparents showing up at school board meetings talking about that we have girls in the school that are telling their parents they're not drinking any liquid during the day because they don't want to go to the bathroom because there's males in the female bathroom and they are uncomfortable. We're talking about middle school girls, Glenn. Mm-hmm. This is not hard. It's not difficult, but we've got a far left extreme group that is showing up and getting in the ear of these school board members. And again, they're, they're caving to them rather than putting student safety first. And we're not going to tolerate it in the state of Oklahoma. I tell you, you couple this with just CSE. I don't know if that's in schools in Oklahoma, but you couple this with CSE and uh, your kids in middle school, are all screwed up and hypersexualized, and it's going to be a disaster. Right, and I mean, and that's the thing. And when I talk to parents across the state, parents want the reading, writing, arithmetic. We want our kids to go to school and a focus on academics. We want better for our kids. We want them to have opportunities in life that comes from that understanding of our academics um, standards. But this whole nonsense of pushing in radical extremism under the form of CRT or this hypersexualized curriculum, it is, it's not going to happen. I mean, we're, we're going to continue to fight on this front and we have to stand up. And I have gotten hundreds of emails and phone calls from parents, you know, uh, asking for, for, for more help on, Hey, we're speaking up, we're showing up at school board meetings and this is still going on. And we have to take a stand. We have to stand with families and say, your child is not going to go to school and face indoctrination. We're just not going to allow it. I have to tell you, I wish uh, I wish Texas was as bold as you are um, right now. But unfortunately, Texas, I think, is asleep at the switch in many ways. Um, the do you have SEL being in in uh, incorporated into your schools now? Social so emotional learning. Yes, sir. That's something we're taking a look at. Um, we're starting to look back through our textbooks and look back through what's actually going on. I've got a, a stack of complaints and issues from parents that I'm sifting through. We've got parents that, again, are, are doing a great job here of being engaged. And they've been sending me stuff, and we're digging into this because, again, you've seen these national groups that are sticking all this in curriculum. And, again, what in the world are we talking about all this stuff in a math class? It has absolutely no place for it. I'm going to tell you something no. else, Glenn. You know, we're, we're a conservative state here. I've got teachers that send me this stuff going, you won't believe this. They, I just got this curriculum and told I need to teach this in my class. This isn't math. This is not what I signed up for. And so, yeah, we, I, I've been getting it from parents and teachers sending me this curriculum going, hey, what is this? And so we are doing a deep dive. Uh, Governor Stitt and I are very committed to ensuring that our students are getting academics and not indoctrination in our schools. So we are actively taking a look at all those materials and what's available and making sure parents have that transparency that they deserve um, and seeing what's being taught in their schools. And again, you send your kid to school, you're expecting them to learn that those academic standards, not to be part of a social experiment by the far left. 
So, Ryan, when I I did a special last night on SEL and uh, I found that it really started through the CDC and then through the uh, Department of Education down into our schools. All these radical groups are involved in it. Um, The unions are involved in it. What is the solution here? I mean, I, I think I think a the uh, the board of or not the board of education, the um, uh, the Department of Education needs to be abolished. It needs to go to the states and the states need to uh, take care of it, not the national, because the federal government is just corrupt through and through with all of this stuff. Also, I think everything shows me that the schools, the teachers unions, they may not be involved in the local level, but they are involved up at the top in a big way. What is the solution? What's the biggest problem that we should be aiming for? Absolutely. I'm going to give you three things going. First of all, you're spot on. Isn't it amazing how many problems we have in education that come from the feds? The Federal Department of Education should have nothing to do with the states. We don't need it. They're not helpful in any way, shape, or form. All they do is find a new social experiment. It was Common Core, and then it was CRT, yep. and now it's all this over-sexualization. It, it, that is all that, they, that we've gotten from them. There's no help, to your point. It, they cause more problems. They don't need to be involved. That's why Article, uh, you know, Amendment 10 of the Constitution reserves power to the states, and that's where education should yep. be wholly located. Yep. Yep. And so that's where we, we've got to get back to that, um, number one. Number two, We've got to have school choice. I mean, that's something I, I'm a champion for school choice because at the end of the day, you've got to empower a parent to say, I want to send my kid to this school. I want to if you're going to do this in the school, we're taking the money and we're going to go to another school. And, and that is really the way to empower parents. And by the way, that's why the Biden administration is attacking charter schools now. Right. They, they, I mean, the Biden administration, they force indoctrination. And then they say, and by the way, you can't opt out of it. You don't have another choice. So that's part of this bigger national plan there. And so we absolutely have to have school choice. We have to get the feds out of education. And lastly, we've got to have transparency so that parents can actually see what's being taught in the school, have that relationship with the teachers and the school board. And, you know, that's one of the things we want to see is school boards that are actually very open with what's being taught in their schools. Again, going my background is I'm a former public school teacher. And you know what? Every time I have a parent that wanted to talk to me or wanted to, to work with me on their kid's education, I always thank them. There's nothing better for a kid's success than an engaged parent. I know. It is outrageous that you've got a federal department of education and a president that act like it's a problem for parents to be at school board meetings. It is absolutely outrageous. Uh, we have to keep parents engaged, and we need to be finding ways to get them more engaged. I, I will tell you that I, I've had uh, teachers actually tell me, uh, Mr. Beck, uh, we've got this covered. When I asked for, tell me the books that you're going to be reading. Do you have an extra textbook I can bring at home and work with them so I know where you are? You know, let me help. Uh, and they just scoffed at me. We, we have this, Mr. Beck. I'm like, really? Because you work for me. I don't work for you. You are to supplement me, not the other way around. It, it's unbelievable. It, it, a good teacher, and again, you know, I, I work with teachers every day. Good teachers say, absolutely, parents, come on. You know, here's what we're doing. Here's things you can do at home. Here's things to reinforce what we're learning. I mean, I'm a history teacher, Glenn. If my kids go home and mom and dad are going over World War II with them and asking them about what we covered in class and, and, and are showing the kids that, hey, what you're learning in school is important and, and we want to be a part of it, I'm telling you, there's nothing better 
in an educational experience and to have a parent like that. So I have, it is outrageous that we wouldn't have that approach in all of education to include parents, grandparents in their kids' education. I mean, we all know the family unit is what's central to our society. We need to be ensuring that those conversations are happening. And that's where, again, I want the conversation around the kitchen table to be about school choice, what school's best for you, but about what's going on in your school. What are you learning about? Let's get it all out here on the table. Let's talk about it. That should be the type of behavior we're encouraging rather than labeling parents that show up at school board meetings domestic terrorists and trying to make it tougher for charter schools around the state so parents have less choices. Every good teacher I've ever met uh, has always said, my gosh, we're so glad that you and others uh, are showing up to these things. You're talking to your kids. We're so grateful because so many parents are disengaged. We've gone from that to parents need to shut up and sit down. We've got it. And that's so dangerous. Ryan, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for your frank words and uh, standing uh, true to American values. Oklahoma Secretary of Education. His name is Ryan Walters. Na, na, na.